Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Four, three, two, and uno. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Talking Far Far Away with me, the host Scott Inch, and it's been a while. Yeah. Like, sitting across across the pond from me is a man who's enjoying the sun. Mm. Who's uh, been to the secret stash. Oh. And has done many, many things, but it seems to be sitting on his backside. And it's Mr. Robin Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> the the rare times that I actually sit on my backside is when I'm recording, and I'm telling you, it's awesome to be back on Talking Far, Far Away, and it's awesome to be back in the Star Wars conversation once again, because it's crazy how much stuff over the last week, even, has been happening in the Star Wars universe, and I'm not even talking about the negativity stuff, because I don't even want to touch upon that. There's just so much Star Wars to talk about, man. I know. Um, we've got San Diego Comic-Con coming up, uh-huh. and we're getting the Clone Wars anniversary. Ooh, that's and right. I'm- so let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. Yeah. So B. Barker, oh, I can't remember the guy's name again. The guy who played Captain Rex, is it D. Barker? D. Barker, right. yes. Yeah. So he's been tweeting out that we don't want to miss this. I don't know if you saw his tweet, mm-hmm. but I got the tweet. This, I Someone sent me the tweet this morning. And some, I think something special is going to happen there. Yeah. Now, we all know that Clone Wars didn't get a chance to finish like Rebels did. And mm-hmm. Dave Lowney was quite upset by this. So, I've got a funny feeling that we're going to some, get some kind of Clone Wars, like a TV movie, like what Star Stargate got with their. Uh, if you remember back in two thousand six, Star Wars uh, Stargate got cancelled at season ten. Pretty much a cliffhanger, and they were going to do a season eleven, but sci-fi cast them, so that season eleven became a two-hour movie. That's right. I think we can get this. I would really like to see a two, uh, maybe a two-hour movie, just to kind of wrap up because there is stuff in Clone Wars that needs to be wrapped up, like especially the start of Episode Three. We uh-huh. still need to see that. And fair, fair enough, we got that, and uh, the guys that did Samurai Jack's version of Star Wars, we got that. But it'd be cool to actually see Dave Filoni. He did mention it at um, Celebration two years ago, that, and it's even in the Ahsoka novel that. That did play out. So yes, I would like to see that. It makes it, it makes it makes a lot of sense that we would t- almost take a back seat at San Diego Comic Con and say no Obi Wan announcement, none of this other stuff. This is Clone Wars time. This is Dave Filoni wrapping up Star Wars Rebels and and taking a look back at the progress that he's made across all the years. I thought we were originally going to see that at Celebration and we were going to get a backstory more about Dave Filoni and his, I guess you could say his rise to power at Lucasfilm. Um, and I love it, <laughs> Essentially, that's exactly what I expected at Celebration. But this year at San Diego Comic-Con being the anniversary for Clone Wars. It, it makes a lot of sense that we are going to see the special guest up on stage. We're going to see Dave Filoni talking about most likely what his Clone Wars experience was like, the people that he worked with, being able to work with George Lucas, who had a big input on the Clone Wars series. And I think you're right. I think I wouldn't be surprised. It has to be surrounding somewhere along the lines of, I was not able to finish the Clone Wars, and I can even picture him now in the room saying, you know what, guys, I was never able to finish Clone Wars the way I wanted to, but Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger have given me the chance now to actually give you guys something in the television format. I totally believe we're going to see it, and maybe not on Disney XD, but I would love to even see them say, you know what, let's wrap this up on ABC. Let's make it a two-hour special on ABC one night and have the entire public be able to watch it don't make it subscription service wise don't make people pay for it finish it on the television screen it's a great test platform for what we're going to see with star wars resistance it's a great test platform to say if we are to put this in the free format unless you have the extended cable here in the united states to see disney xd what does star wars look like to the public on a big network like abc 
that would be cool to see them do it in that format. I think you're right, Scott. I think that Dave Filoni's going to come out guns a-blazing on this one. I don't see yeah. him taking a backseat at San Diego Comic-Con and saying, well, this is about the cast members. Well, it is, but it's also about the project that you put forward. And this being the 10-year anniversary of this amazing, amazing project that Star Wars fans still to this day say is, you know what, if we are to make a movie list of top 10, we're just going to throw the Clone Wars series in there too because it feels like a cinematic experience throughout its entirety. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just quickly talk about Clone Wars overall. I mean, 10 years, my God. It's crazy. Yeah, it just feels like so long ago, like sitting watching that very first episode. I didn't get a chance to see the movie, built the four episodes out of a movie back, yeah. in, back then. Um, but just seeing that first one with Yoda, that first very first episode, I was intrigued by it. I'll mm-hmm. say that I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't caught on, but I did watch it week to week. But it was when you got into the later season, season three, man, whoa, yeah. that that changed everything. Everything. Um, everything indeed, and it's just the influence that Re- uh, Clone Wars had on Rebels, and how it changed Star Wars. It made Star Wars feel. Even though the movies did that in 2015, but it made Star right. Wars a bit more relevant again. And it didn't... You had all, like, Family Guy doing their stuff. You had Robot Chicken. And it oh. kind of felt like if you didn't want to get into, like, Star Wars being made fun of, you had this... And it showed that Star Wars didn't need to be made fun of. And it showed yeah. you that you could explore the characters in a much deeper way than in three movies. Yeah. It was set for the books. And you got some great characters like brand new characters, a sad ventress. You got Ahsoka, who at the beginning was not a fan favourite, but it turned out to be a fan favourite. There's so much with that character and I mean Gomorrah's became one kind of wrap up for a character and that was a sad ventress and I've not got the book here my memory it was Darth Dark Disciple. Dark Disciple yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm in my new flat so I don't have my books with me. So I'm kind of I'm <laughs> but yeah, just to like see like yeah, Ventress goes through. She had her own character arc. You know, she was a Sith apprentice to then kind of just being tossed aside when she wasn't needed. Yes, oh. and it even brought Darth Maul. Yeah, and it did. How that played out and. It's, although we did get a few Jar Jar Binks episodes, but, you know, they weren't that bad. Let's, let's, I mean, he was, there was one episode where he was pretending he was a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny. Even Mace Windu had to do an episode of Jar Jar Binks. And then, obviously, we got the special uh, 13 episodes. Yes. And I did, I uh, canalized, is it Darth Bane again? Yeah, it did. Yes, with Mark Hamill about uh, playing yes, that voice. He did the voice of <laughs> so, Darth Bane himself, yes. So, you know, and I I, I like those episodes, they're fantastic. And yeah, the, the Clone Wars is such a special place in everybody's hearts and how much, you know, it changed Star Wars. And it, it was the first time that Star Wars was ever brought to TV in episodic form over a season. And it shows it can work. So when we see these new Star Wars, it works for Rebels, and we're going to get it with the TV series coming up. So we've got so much, and they paid the way for Star Wars to do it on TV. They did, and it also canonized a good friend of ours, Mr. Stephen Stanton, his his character of Mieber Gascon, which yes. obviously, even to this date, I have people telling me, it's like, well, I never really understood what that whole arc was about. And it's like, well... Look at Rebels. Look at what Dave Filoni has done with a lot of other things. Not every episode is going to hit the mark with you. And Clone Wars was able to do that in a way so that, yeah, you spaced out the episodes in a certain way and you're able to get more story from others, which is perfectly fine because that's how a story should progress. I was talking with Fode from uh, Star Q Podcast not that long ago, and he said something along the lines of, you know what, Star Wars is all about story. Clone Wars is all about story. It may not hit in certain places, but when you get to the end product and the message that it brings, that is exactly what George and Dave wanted to push forward with Clone Wars, was the idea that story is going to continue to push this universe forward, and it's going to be the characters that, even though you may not be a fan of Mieber Gascon, and maybe he'll put out a holiday song at some point, 
maybe that is just the way Star Wars has to be because it is an operatic, I feel, uh, format for sharing characters' backstories and for sharing the entire timeline of the Star Wars universe. And it's so great that in celebrating 10 years, we're getting Dave Filoni in a room with all of these voice actors and people who really dedicated their time to the Clone Wars series, and we're putting them in the room to say, you know what, we still respect what you do to this date. And Clone Wars was able to hit the mark in so many different ways, and I think it's so important that Let's put the spotlight on this at a large convention. Let's not wait until Star Wars Celebration when it's the 11th anniversary of of the Clone Wars. Let's do it at the 10-year mark, and let's bring it to San Diego Comic-Con, where a lot of the focus this year is going to be on Marvel. A lot of it is going to be pushing some of the Marvel stuff, I feel. Um, there's not going to be a t- ton when it surrounds the Marvel films. We know that much. But there's going to be some stuff talking about the comic books. We're going to get insider looks at probably what they're going to be doing outside of the cinematic universe. Um, do I fully believe that the cinematic universe is going to be taken out when it comes to Marvel at San Diego Comic-Con? No, there's going to be rumblings of things. There's going to be questions asked to the actors and actresses who are there. But Marvel's approach is is really the focus along with DC and television. That is the big focus at San Diego Comic-Con. And for Star Wars to have little bits and pieces of the picture in San Diego this year is a great format. It just makes sense, and I'm so glad. I mean, in the long run here, Scott, you and I have talked about this when it comes to what Lucasfilm has planned. I'm actually curious to get your thoughts on this specifically, because if Star Wars... We were told, we were told a while back that Celebration was truly going to be the place for Star Wars news heading forward. It was going to make sense that, obviously, maybe D23 was also going to be a place to hear our Star Wars news. But then we get something like this, where we're celebrating Clone Wars at San Diego Comic-Con. Who knows what New York Comic-Con has planned? We're going to start seeing, I feel, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, do you think that we are going to see Star Wars in bits and pieces at Comic-Cons heading forward, and then Celebration is going to be the cinematic stuff, is going to be the fan stuff, is going to be truly focused around Star Wars itself. Because based off of what we're seeing from this San Diego Comic-Con lineup when it comes to Star Wars, it looks like they are going to spread out what their product is when Celebration is held the year after. That's just from what I'm seeing. No. Interesting. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> no, right. Bye. I'm joking. Um, I don't think so because Star Wars Celebration will be the hub of everything. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back two years. We uh-huh. are coming up to two years since Star Wars Celebration London. And right. they had Rogue One mm-hmm. and, they had, and Star Wars Rebels. What won that weekend? Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because of Thrawn, that's what won the weekend. It should have been Rogue One, but because they kind of went through the stage of how they promoted Star Wars Force Awakens, they didn't release a trailer. They just released a behind-the-scenes clip. I was lucky enough to get a trailer. (laughs) Right. So so I I got a bit of a trailer. So I got two for the price of one, basically. Um, but when it was, it was Star Wars Rebels that won that weekend, I mean, I just I remember Christian Harlow back in general council that, that back then said it was Rebels that took that weekend. It wasn't Rogue One, but it should have been Rogue One. Um, again, not everybody was quite keen on having a spin-off movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was Rebels, and I feel that that's where it's going to be. You might be right. I mean. They might take some stuff to San Diego Comic Con. I mean, they took Star Wars: The Force Awakens to San Diego Comic Con, but they didn't take Rogue One to stand to Comic Con. That's right. But, and they, they never took Last Jedi to Comic Con as well. No, they just did the costume stuff at New York Comic Con the last time around. They only gave like a small little yeah. almost fan section. Yeah, at, but at also had, we also had DHT last year, so mm. that's where they did that went. So I'm just because DHT was. Was it a week early last year? It was. Yeah, so that's why 
Star Wars wasn't out D23. That, that, just looking at it from that perspective, maybe going forward, if they only do Star Wars celebration every second year, which mm. I don't think they'll do, but if they do, then that's where you might see some of the stuff goes to sell Comic-Con in San Diego. But I think Star Wars will want to keep it in-house at Celebration because that's where it's been for, I'm trying to think, almost 20 years with Celebration. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah, so I, I agree with some of your idea recommendations, but I just feel that it will be staying at Star Wars Celebration. So for you, Scott, the big picture piece here in that in that point is if they make the announcement that celebration is every other year, you feel that they could extend the news and extend the featured yeah. stuff of Star Wars to Comic-Con, which makes sense because you yeah. have to keep Star Wars in the discussion. You and I say this on countless occasions. You can't take Star Wars out of the news because when you do, people start saying, what's going on? What yeah. the hell is going on? And and that that can be a very very dangerous format. And I think you just said that exactly. If they make that decision, they're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Marvel had remember when Marvel didn't go to celebration, they had no celebration, Comic Con, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" Yeah, you know. So you know, and then Marvel did take it back. And then last year, look what happened: this leaked trailer for Infinity War got out. Yeah, that's, that's why right. Marvel didn't. That's why Marvel won't do Comic Con, I believe, quite a lot because Comic Con is pretty bad for that. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, there was the previous year, 2015, Suicide Squad was at Comic Con. What happened? The trailer got leaked. The trailer got leaked. Release, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I love that trailer for Suicide Squad, but again, that's why. So, you can see them, like, if they went to Comic Con uh, with Star Wars Episode 9 next year. And they're like, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like they've got a trailer and they've got a show only there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the trailer gets leaked. I mean, looking back on it, there is like one or two videos of the leaked trailer from Celebration two years ago, but there's not enough for it to be out because we were told to put our phones away and we were literally told. And even with the, um, when we saw the first tips, so it's a season two of Rebels. They actually had people walk around with goggles on. I don't know why I'm doing it, but going like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, we re-read lights and everything. And if you got caught with your phone, you were out. Yeah. And they were taking your phone and deleting everything. So a celebration two years ago, they were right on top of it. Yeah. That's a great, so, and that's yeah. a great format for trying to run a convention. It's a great format for trying to protect your your product too. I mean, San Diego Comic Con is known for being a place for stuff to leak, which makes so much sense with there being this Clone Wars panel because maybe they don't give us necessarily something in the trailer format when it comes to this possible two hour uh, TV film to wrap up Clone Wars. Maybe it's just something that they show pictures from. And they're like, yep, share that with the public. Tell people about it, you know. It's going to be on ABC. It's going to be on here. It's going to be on there. Go ahead. Share it out as much as you want. Because it makes them look good and it makes their product look good. And I think you've got a really great point, Scott, when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con is truly the place for fans to go if they want to experience those fan experiences. Which is... Uh, something that has been kind of lacking more recently, the fan experience with a lot of things. And uh, I think um, it, it's it's very exciting this year. It really is. It's the first real hardcore Star Wars panel that we've seen at San Diego Comic-Con in some time that really connects to the wide audience of Star Wars fans because we all know what Clone Wars was and we all have been able to view it and see it and enjoy it in every way possible. So... Yeah, I mean, I've got people who don't want to watch Clone Wars, are quite happy with the movies, but, you know, you're missing them great some stories, some yeah. stories there, yeah. So, we spoke about Comic-Con and Clone Wars. We, this week, we had the chance to finish off Thrawn issue six. Uh-huh. Now, now, to me, this was a beat-by-beat for the book. 
And uh, what's that you got there, Robin? What's oh, that? No, oh, it's, oh, it, it, I, just just the, it just happens to be the issue six of the uh, the comic book. Ah, oh, the comic book. See, I want that post. See the front of that comic. I want that as a poster. That is a poster. Yeah, I yeah. Would love that as a poster. Yeah, it would just looks so beautiful. Jody Hauser and has done such a fantastic job with this comic book and uh, yeah. being able to take the the novel adaptation and just put it right into a comic book has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just seeing like, I mean, there are some of the visuals that are in the comic, in the comic, it's what I had in my head when I first read that book. Mm-hmm. My God, over a year and a half ago. About. Oh, that's crazy <laughs> to think that. Yeah, about a year ago or so when we read that and uh, just reading that, just going through some of the imagery, like, Seeds drawn meet Vader for the first time, and just like how his plan came together, it's not like a typical Star Wars, but it's drawn, yeah, it is, and uh, it's just such a great comic. Um, it did dip to me, it dipped in one or two issues, but um, I, I, it's great how the two, the two, two stories with uh, Price and Thrawn kind of come together, and again, it was mentioned in the book. And that last issue, that there we go, you've got it right there, there, Vader. I mean, I said to you, they, <laughs> yeah. like before we started, that is the radar that's in Rebels. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And I do, like, when I read the, the page of uh, seeing Zeb, Hera, uh, Kanan, Sabine, and Ezra, I got chills. Even though I knew it was them in the book when I read it, like, first time around. But when I saw the picture in that, uh, in that book, comic, oh, yeah. there is there. I, I got chills. You got chills. We oh. all got chills by just seeing that. And we kind of know where this takes place anyway. I think we said it last year as well when we were reviewing Thrawn. This does take place just before season three because you couldn't have it any other way. When Price says she's been freaking strong, uh, Tarpin, you're like, yeah, I know this. I know where that is. Mm-hmm. So you know where that fits in the game. So it's nice to see that this actually is parallel. And it's nice to see Vader post his fight with Ahsoka. Yeah. So he's so this is post-fight with Ahsoka. So he didn't know she was still alive. Spoilers, if you haven't seen the final few episodes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you are, why are you listening? But yeah, just oh, it's such a great comic. And um, I wonder, and I'm going to pose this to you, when Throne Elias has come out, when well, just dissected it and like swayed, I know you've got towels sitting there somewhere. I'm sure there's towels over in the corner there. Uh, and after, that, after reading it, are we going to get a comic book of that one? Are we going to get comic books of the Thrawn novels? Because I'm sure there's another one in uh, Timothy Thrawn's uh, desk computer of Thrawn 3, maybe? Ah, yeah, no. I think... And this is just coming off of reading this entire series. Uh, and, it, and again, I'll say this. Timothy Zahn did such a fantastic job with the first novel. It was such a great read. And it was it's so easy to fall in love with the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn when you read the novel. And then you get, you know, Jodie Hauser and you get her taking that and you got her uh, being able to flesh it out in the comic book format along with Ross and Woodward. And one of the best things about this last issue is that um, a lot of the things that we read towards the end of that novel itself setting up exactly what we see with Star Wars Rebels and setting up exactly the progression of Grand Admiral Thrawn himself. I just love it when you're reading the actual comic book itself, the one that you go and you pick up at your comic book shop, you have the scene with, you know, Thrawn and Vader, and then the next page is Thrawn Alliances, which is just great because it's saying, yep, do you see that relationship on the past page? That's going to flush itself out even more in the next Mm -hmm. novel. And... I'm going to be, to use an English term, I'm going to be bloody honest with you, all right? The <laughs> one thing for me that stands out most about this, and you're going you're gonna to absolutely freaking love this answer, is this page right here. This is the page, for people who, who, who cannot see me because I am invisible and Scott Inch is invisible because... You're listening via audio. Um, the big thing for me is I need some more Eli Vanto. I need to know what he is doing with the Chiss Ascendancy. I want to know. Thrawn says it himself on the page before. 
and he even says it towards the beginning of the comic book. There is something lingering out there that threatens my people, and I want to use the Empire as a format of showing that there is something larger out there. I want to destroy it. I want to gain as much knowledge as I can through the Empire and through my experiences to help my people. Eli Vanto is about to be thrown into that part of the Star Wars universe. He's about to be thrown into, obviously, uh, Admiral uh, Aralani, who is uh, somewhat of a Chiss Ascendancy major, you could say. Um, there is something more that is going to be flushed out. Now, Thrawn Alliances, Scott, is obviously going to take a look more at the relationship between Vader and Thrawn. But, like you said... You said this. There must be something else that Timothy Zahn has planned. There must be something else that continues this story because they wouldn't end the comic with Eli Vanto speaking to the Chiss Ascendancy unless there was something planned on a much larger scale to flush that out going forward. What do you th what, what's, would it be... Now, we all know where Rebels ended up. Yes. With Thrawn. Do you think his third book, even though we haven't read the second one yet, because we don't know what's in the second one right. until we read it. Of course. But do you think the third one will cover post rebels? That's an intense because question. <laughs> That's an intense question. I do. I yeah, it is. But it gives us. It's got us. Got us thinking. Well, he's this. The book two is about with him and Vader. Now, we know if you've seen the alternative cover, it's going to be uh, San Diego Comic Con. We do know that we get the Anakin and Thrawn together. Yeah. Because it, well, it was even mentioned in the first week anyway that he knew Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, that's right. So, and we know this is going to be like some of the books that have been done, like the last, the current book with um, Han Solo, where it's went in the past and the future, or present in the past. So we know that Thrawn 2 is going to cover that. But from the third throne, I keep saying the throne, but I'm thinking flashes nemesis. <laughs> um, it's, still, it's quite confusing. I get stuck with that. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's quite tough with But throne three, once I get my false teeth back in, I do, really, I do think that it will take place post-Rebels, and I do have a funny feeling that the Chiss Ascendancy, Eli, and maybe Ezra is going to be involved. Maybe that's why. Uh, come oh. on, he's, look at her. He's sweating. Oh. He's sweating. Oh, 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 he's sweating. Oh, 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 <laughs> man. If you only knew how many towels, folks, I have to go pick up now downstairs in the laundry room. Oh, my goodness. Because it's funny. Eli Vanto gets thrown into the Empire very similar to Ezra being thrown into what the Jedi are. And very similar to what he experienced with Kanan. Eli was thrown into the the prospect of having to be the translator for Thrawn, even though Thrawn wanted to use Eli for something greater. He was able to, in many ways, manipulate Eli as a way of saying, I need more than just me taking care of whatever it is to help the Chiss Ascendancy in my people. The big piece of all of this, the big piece of all of this is that the term... Something larger lingers in the outer rim and beyond your understanding. That is what still fascinates me. And, it, and if we can tie Ezra into that, after that Rebels timeline, and we can tie it into what Timothy Zahn has brought back canonized with Thrawn and with what we've seen him progress as in Rebels, if we can see that extended, and whether that's in comic book form, um, I, I hate to say this, I still have a, a wild, <laughs> a wild space theory that surrounds what either John Favreau or Benioff and Weiss could be doing along those lines. Um, whether we could see something in the television format or subscription service wise that surrounds, I Throw me some more chiss in a in a sub subscription service TV show. show. Yeah, just just hand it over to me, please, please. Just do something about it because th there is so much that Lucasfilm is working on right now and things that we don't know about. And as I've heard people talking, 
Scott, and a lot of people who um, know some things, I'll say that much. <laughs> Lucasfilm is not stopping anytime soon. And all of these things are happening, and you and I have talked about this. The connections to the comic books in the cinematic universe, even though they haven't necessarily been seen that much, Solo A Star Wars Story connects Maul to Dathomir, and he says, come see me on Dathomir. Uh, it, mm-hmm. th- there, there are connections that are being made slowly but surely. And the story yeah. team is not afraid to start making those connections. The end of this comic book itself is a living piece showing that there are connections that are going to be made going forward, in my mind. We've always said that they need to start connecting the TV and movies and all that together. It's And, and I think that now is the time to do it because yeah. they have the people. That's the thing right now. They have the people. And to be honest with you, sometimes when things are in question and things seem to be at their lowest of lows in terms of how people look at your product, that is the time to surprise people. That is the time to really start saying, we're giving you this, we're giving you this, we're giving you this, we're giving you this. Beat that. I'll get back to you on that one. All right. That's a great answer. That's a, I was expecting a longer answer, but I will get back to you on that as most appropriate. No, no. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, depending on what the, the state of the Star Wars franchise is kind of at the moment, yeah. this will help to boost things. I mean, Rebel, uh, the Clone Wars anniversary, if they do come out, that will boost it. Yeah. You, but I think the Star, Star Wars has always gone through a tumble uh-huh. situation where you know they've had their downs, prequels, etc. The the whole thing with the pencil movie, da da and last year I, you know what, they are getting through it. Yeah, they're they're working it out. I, I believe that. Um, and I do think that we are going to see some great stuff come out. They're the only focus. Yeah, it's I mean, after, yeah, after episode nine, which we're going to talk about quite quickly, very, very uh-huh. shortly, because there's some big news coming out. Um, but they are focusing on it. They are going to regroup. They, they just want to get episode nine done. That's my idea. And they want to get resistance out. That's yeah. it. And I think... The one thing I would like them to do is just cut down on a lot of the comic book series. It's too much to catch up. Yeah, that's right. I have to admit, I'm still a wee bit behind on Afra and Star Wars comics itself, and I'm trying to catch up with them. I'm just not got time to. I'm just not ready to read them yet. Yeah. So I will have. I will get caught up with them, but um, it, they just need to kind of cut down on some stuff and do some other stuff, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. And I don't like everybody saying they have to follow the Marvel suit. No, <sighs> don't do that. Just don't, don't do that. The Marvel worked for one franchise. DC tried that. As much as I like the DC movies, but Star Wars is its own beast. It can it take care of itself. It didn't have. It was here long before Marvel, and. It will be here after Marvel. I mean, Marvel will continue on, but I think Star Wars will go a bit longer. Don't you agree? Yeah, Star Wars has a longevity that really can't be touched right now, even though it may seem like it's at its low, while Marvel it's at its high. You're going to see a a much more balanced uh, cinematic universe in terms of how Marvel's played out amongst the fandom and how Star Wars is. I would not be surprised if Star Wars doesn't see, see a gigantic jump very, very soon, when things start coming out, when we see episode nine and post episode nine, like you're saying, Scott, we see that fandom really go watching and it really just grows tremendously because episode nine, as we're going to get into, is going to do things that I feel are going to say, you know what, maybe you weren't so happy with The Last Jedi and Solo, but boy, oh boy, quite quoting Mr. Scott Inch himself, boy, oh boy. They, they, you better buckle your seats and you better prepare yourself for a ride with episode 9 because J.J. Yeah. Abrams is closing this bad boy out yes and he should have he should be the one to do it I mean also the fact that we are getting a year and a half that will let the fans yeah. blow some steam you get back together again I said it to someone earlier I just saw someone recently I spoke to someone recently who just saw so 
and she enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We all pretty much enjoyed it on the network. We all yes. had a good time with it. But the problem was, it should it should be left at Christmas. It should have just been left at Christmas. Yeah. It came out really busy. I mean, coming out after Avengers was a bad idea. Yeah, that was <laughs> true. Yeah. So, big big news came out this week, and it hasn't been it hasn't been confirmed yet by Lucasfilm, but it's been confirmed by the Hollywood. Reporter, but it wasn't. If it wasn't going to happen, this is for, look, 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 I can't speak. Lucasfilm would have came out the night straight on, hmm. but I'm very, very pleased about this because it's one of the original cast members. Well, yeah, one of the original cast members, Billy D. Williams, is returning as Lando Calrissian. I said that to someone the other day. She went, "Who?" And I, uh, uh, where have you been in life? Then, that would be my question uh, back. But yes, I'm afraid so. My apprentice. Um, I don't know why I did it like that, but anyway. So yes, we're getting. And let's not forget, Donald Glover that gave us a great Lando Calrissian. He did fantastic. We've had two Lando comments coming. We had one that came out two years ago, two, about, years about, ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've had them pop up in Rebels twice, and that was done by Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams has done the voice for Lando in Battlefront. And you know what? I'm all ready for Lando. Bring me more Lando. That's a great and way of putting it. Yeah. I cannot wait to see what they do with this guy in the movie. I want to see where he is now. I know Harlow from Jedi Council said that he expects it would be kind of some, it could be an old smuggler still. I'm not really wanting that. I'd rather see Lando not do that anymore, but be more political. Because in Han, in Han Solo, it's recent, he, there is mention that he's still playing that smuggler thing. Oh. I'd like to see him on Bespin still. Doing something there because in Creative I can't remember which aftermath was it the second or third one. I'm sure it's the third one. Third one. He was on best was it the third one? He was on Bestman there. So I would like to see him back there. I'd or I would still like to see him, you know, he he knows that Leah's no longer around, he knows that Han's not allowed, Luke's not around. Who do you call upon? Right. Atbar's gone. Uh, do you call him Wedge? I mean, is Dennis Lawson going to come back? Mm. That's a good question. But who else do uh, Han and Leia better? Lando. Lando. So you get him back. Yeah. And these guys, these guys can learn and he can pass on the wisdom that Leia and Han were the pastor. And that's where I think he will be. He will be the he will be the character that's needed when the other characters will be feeling some self-doubt. As long as they don't kill him off, I'm okay with that. That's, you know what? I like that because the way that you phrase that makes total sense and the way that you phrased it also speaks to the state of the Resistance or the Newfound Rebellion at this time. They're yeah. looking for somebody who has been in the picture to come back into the picture. Uh, Han did it in, obviously, The Force Awakens. He came back into the picture. Luke came back into the picture in The Last Jedi. I always bring myself back to, sorry, not Revenge of the Sith, but I bring myself back to Return of the Jedi. And Mm -hmm. who were the three major players whose stories were showcased towards the end of that film? Luke. Han and Lando and the progression that we've seen with the force awakens, the last Jedi and now heading into episode nine, let's follow that same suit. Let's do, let's feature Han in the force awakens. Let's feature Luke in the last Jedi and let's focus on Billy D Williams coming back as Lando and being a political figure. I don't think he's been smuggling. I totally agree with you. I think he's been a political, he's always been a political guy. Even when he yeah. was smuggling, it was all about the politics of smuggling. He wasn't a Tobias Beckett. He wasn't a a Kira. He was not a 
uh, Han Solo, he was somebody who, in the grand scheme of it, okay, what politics do I have to address to get the money that I want? And it didn't matter. He ended up working it out in the long run. And the best part of bringing Billy D. Williams back to episode nine is that you don't have to feature him necessarily. You don't have to have him on all the time. He is an adversary for what Star Wars is. He's an adversary for what the resistance might need. Much like Kira and Han and Chewie and Tobias go and seek out Lando when they need help getting something done. And and I totally see... Listen, if the beginning of episode nine... I don't I don't think we need it's funny this is getting really in depth and we're already hypothesizing on this stuff but if if the beginning of the film shows exactly where the last one left off and it's the falcon taking off into space and suddenly we see it entering like like the atmosphere of Bespin and that's how we're going to intro this film very similar to solo a star wars story when we see the plot line of that really picking up who do they go to to make sure this all happens they go to lando who does the resistance go to who has been part of the Star Wars universe, who has the political and the smuggling and the trade routes and everything associated with this galaxy far, far away? They go to Lando. And I still have a funny feeling, and I am going to get into right now, and I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again. One of the best things that Episode Nine can do with Lando, and Scott, I'm going to be curious to hear your thoughts on how they use Lando and what you think they might do with the character. But I think one of the best things they could do is have Leia and whether they have her in some form or whether they want to address this early on. I I don't know. Maybe there's something that had been pre-recorded. You know, obviously, when we're talking about Star Wars films, they have recorded things before. There are takes that have been cut out of the film that they could use in some way. That's taking it on a totally different pathway. But maybe they could manipulate it in some way to make it work. But I would still like to see Ray even go to Lando in that case. If they can't utilize it with Leia, have her sit down with him and there be a flashback about her, his experiences with Han. And then we see Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover in that flashback. And we see them utilized and kind of shove it back at the Star Wars fans who didn't like Solo and say, ha, you know what, J.J. Abrams, he just pulled this on you. That would that would be really cool to see. If it's not Leia, it's Ray. It's Ray finally getting to see her admiration for Han through Lando's eyes and through his experiences. I think that would be a great way to in- implement him into the Star Wars Episode Nine uh, uh, script and into the story. I like that idea. I do, I do, I do like that idea. I, do. I mean, there was talk of, um, I saw a report online that the way they could put Han Solo back in. I do like that idea of having Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover. Because whatever you thought, again, Solo was a good movie. Yeah. And, I, and Alden Ehrenreich did a really good job. For me, he sold me the movie. He sold me the Han. Um, we must remember, this: the Han that we saw wasn't the fully fledged hand we had saw in A New Hope. That's right. So, I mean, if you take uh, Christopher, uh, Chris Pine's version of Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. I was living Captain Kirk, he wasn't fully fledged. So, you know where I'm going with this. Yes. But yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see a flashback. And yeah, you're right. The resistance and the whole thing about Leia, I'd. If you've read the recent, but the past few Poe Dameron comments, Leia's a bit weak. Mhm, mhm. So some people think with her exposure after um, being blown out of Radis, she might have actually succumbed to that injury. She has really healed. Yeah, I'm willing to go with that because that's a way of moving her out. Whether the last episode. Of Maybe that's what they might do with the poll comment is actually tie layers, but then it's a bit of a cheat for those that don't read. Hmm. It's a difficult one because that's the things they still have to deal with. It's, yeah, it uh, is. I don't know why they got flies. It's layers death. Um, but yeah, I would love to see Ray and the resistance. I, I don't I don't like the idea of this movie taking place right after the last one. I, I I need a time jump. I had to see the First Order really 
in charge. You need to see really Ren taking over. You do. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I can't see, and I do feel that this movie, episode nine, will have some kind of final confrontation with Ren and Ray. And to be honest, as I think about it, I'd rather see the two of them go out together. And I don't mean holding hands, but I mean <laughs> fight. <laughs> All those Raylo fans, you just made them very mad. <laughs> uh, question. Uh, but I'd rather see them go off into the, uh, fight to the death and you know Star Destroyers I don't want to say another Death Star I'll say another Death Star I will go off I will be very aware but I'd rather see Star Destroyer Dulk Hayes cluster around them in the throne room fighting that's how I see how this movie like they go out Maybe in race of eyes, I don't know, but I would like to see like Seth and Jedi come to a complete conclusion then. Yeah. I don't think that's what happen. I think Ray will survive and I think Kyle might survive, but I don't think so. Mm. I think the Skywalkers of the Saga Saga and Legacy will come to an end with Kyle unless Ray and Kyle have some kind of baby love child, which I don't think will happen either. Yeah. So it's a it's a tricky one. There's, it is there's very so tricky. much. We're, we're so much. We're riding on this movie, and Lipsa's day's got a big weight to carry on its shoulder. It's got a huge weight to carry on its shoulder. J.J. Abrams. I mean, I say it all the time. You watch the end of the Last Jedi, and you see, you know, director and producer Ryan Johnson, and then you see executive producer. J.J. Abrams so obviously he's had his hands in the sandbox when it comes to what happened in The Last Jedi and having to take on the responsibility of wrapping up some of these stories either that or Lucasfilm wants to give us more questions and J.J. Abrams does exactly what he did with The Force Awakens and says guess what I ain't done yet yeah see my question is would would you think do you think he would have better off just done all three films overall my personal yeah. opinion, yes. I think JJ should have just yeah. owned all three. Yeah, because I think when you look at it, don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I have a love-hate relationship now with Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I love some part of it. I don't like some part of it. But at the same time, I do feel like the story disappeared. Sorry, my story started to start up again. Um, they started to kind of go somewhere. It was new, it was risk-taking. But I don't think people wanted new risk. They wanted new, but they don't think they wanted that kind of risk taken. Yeah. yeah. And it, it did alienate a lot of fans. And maybe JJ Abrams should have pretty much kept with the whole. He should have done the middle. Because everybody knows, even with Star Trek, he did the beginning, the middle, but he doesn't end things. He right. did the same with Loss, he did the beginning. He did the middle, and then disappeared from the end. Yeah. I even know you had never got a crap finale. <laughs> Sorry, it's just because a couple of days earlier I was watching a British TV show called Ashes to Ashes. Oh, 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 I know that show, yes. Yeah, with uh, Gene Hunt. Yeah. Ooh, daddy, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to hit you, son. Uh, but he, it, the finale of, Lost, um, of Ashes to Ashes was pretty much the same finale. Is uh, pretty much what happened in Lost. It was kind of like, oh, it's great. These are astral plane kind of things that people mm. voted for. It got annoying, you know. It was quite annoying. It's like, ah, because of Lost, I don't think that shit had an overall plan. I think they were just like trotting along. So yeah, that was my theory on it. Nobody wants to hear what I say. <laughs> <laughs> They love your opinion, Scott. What are you talking about? I know, I know, I know. But yeah, so yeah, who knows with episode nine? There's so much to look forward to, and I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be a surprise. It will bring an end to this chapter of Star Wars. It will, like Doctor Who, when the new Doctor takes over, the chapter of the old Doctor ends. Yeah. So we are going to see this chapter of Star Wars. I think when we. Some people think the Ryan Johnson trilogy is not going to happen. I disagree with that. I think it's because he jumped into yeah, because he jumped into the middle of a story. If you're doing the middle of a story, it doesn't always work. 
So maybe when he's doing um, so with his with him doing the the last year I the Bones trilogy, I think it'll be different. It'll, because it'll be his characters, his story, he's got a plan and he'll execute that plan. The same with guys from Game of Thrones, because Game of Thrones is finished, they'll be able to go a bit of good state in this. So yeah, I think we're going to get a new chapter in episode episode movies. I don't think we'll see that for a long, long while. I have nothing else to say. That was beautifully stated. You normally have something to say. You made me feel like I'm a wise old man. That was really good. I know. I know. I'm going to write poetry next. Oh, yeah, the Brick City Slam Poetry coming to a coffee shop near you, featuring Scott Inch in his amazing Scottish accent, James Brown in that newfound cowboy hat, singing, turn the lights down low, and everything else that the Brick City has to offer. That was a terrible yes. advertisement, but we're going to make it work. Because I yes. want to hear James with a cowboy hat singing country western music. And Scott. It, 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 just just the idea of a Scotsman and a the, a man with a Dos Equis, uh cowboy hat up on stage together sounds absolutely amazing. And he'll strip tease for you. <laughs> that, my good friend, is something that only can happen on certain occasions. Anyway, as we come to the end of this wonderful chat, it's the time of that show that... You know, we all love to call plug time. A plug time. I'm well aware of this plug time. So, Mr. Robin Vogt, where can the good people find you across the world on social media? They can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. Check out the Brick City Blockade over there at Brick City SWPC. Keeping it simple, just go to the website www.brickcityblockade.com. All the podcasts, all the articles, and our link to our awesome Tee Public store can be found over there. And while you're at it, subscribe, rate, and comment across all the fantastic podcasting apps that you can find us on. Scott Inch, where can the people find you getting ready to do some slam poetry on social media? Um, I'll be doing some slam poetry on Facebook, Scottish, or on Twitter, Scottish85, and the slam poetry will include a uh, Trump baby. So <laughs> I will not be doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> we do so the plug time my... on that one. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's an extra should. cut. That's an extra cut. I'm saving. Yeah. Um, so for myself and the master from the United States of America. Or we will say, (laughs) (laughs) may the force be with you. Always. Strip tease, really? Strip tease? (laughs) Really? (laughs) I cannot believe you said that I'm talking far, far away. No, it's it's staying there. It's beautiful. (laughs) Are you kidding me?